Hey guys, Spartan here, and welcome back to the Baseball That Show from a beautiful morning here in Shrewsbury, New Jersey. Feels like spring has finally sprung here. The uh, weather in New Jersey has been kind of cold, a little, uh, a little miserable, not gonna lie. So it's good to have a, a nice spring day, perfect day for a baseball game today. So um, what I want to talk about today is uh, an email message that I sent out to my newsletter subscribers yesterday talking about strategic advantages for pitchers. So I laid out a scenario, right? Like, let's say your son throws a first pitch to a hitter and he misses for ball one. Um, 90% of the time in that situation, pitchers will fall back to their fastball, right? Now, um, that could be as much as 100% of the time, depends on pitchers. So I would say below high school, you'll see that 90 to 100% of the time. Um, in high school, uh, you might see that 70 to 100% of the time. And in college, you may see that uh, 50 to 70 to 80% of the time. You'll see a pitcher just fall right back to their fastball when they make a mistake. Now, why do they do that? Well, any time that a pitcher misses with a pitch or, or you know, falls behind in the count, what goes on in the pitcher's head, and this is, this is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pitchers I've had this discussion with, they start thinking about, uh-oh, I don't want to get deep in the count. Getting deep in the count means it's a hitter's count, and the deeper I get in the count, the more the, uh, the hitter's going to have opportunities to hit. Um, I don't want to get deep in the count because I might walk guys. And so what happens to a lot of pitchers is when they make that first mistake, they kind of start pitching from their heels, right? They're pitching to not have something happen instead of proactively trying to get the hitter out, which is their job, right? So in every situation, I want to train pitchers Make the pitch that will get the hitter out. Don't make the pitch to avoid some scenario that could be three, four, five pitches away. So in every single count, there's a pitch that can get the hitter out, right? Now, I know there's always going to be one guy who's going to comment, well, what about 3-0? Okay, so 3-0, throw the fastball over the plate and get back to 3-1, okay? So I want the pitcher making the right pitch and not the fear pitch, right? So why do pitchers fall back on their fastball? Because that's what they have command over. That's what they have. They, everybody falls in every situation. And when, when put into, um, you know, any kind of situation we might find ourselves in, in sports and life, we fall back to our strengths, right? So the pitcher is falling back to the pitch that they have command over. So what I want to do is I want to teach pitchers to throw the pitch that will get the hitter out. So this is the biggest strategic advantage we could ever have as a pitcher. Because just like those percentages I told you, the hitters are also very aware of these percentages. Now, hitters might not be able to articulate them, right? Like I know he's throwing fastball, some will, right? But they all have had this experience. And so if a hitter has that experience and you throw, let's, let's say you throw a ball in the dirt. And by the way, the bigger the miss, the more likely it is that the pitcher comes back with a fastball. So let's say you throw one in the dirt, ball one. You interview 100 hitters, and 90 of them are going to say the pitcher's coming back with fastball, unless that pitcher's demonstrated something else, right? So if the hitter thinks that 90% of the time a pitcher's coming back with fastball, this is the biggest strategic advantage that we have, right? That we, we pretty much know what 9 out of 10 hitters are going to expect in that situation. So take those odds to Vegas. Take those odds to the lottery, right, that you have a 90% chance of knowing what your opponent is thinking. So what do you throw? Well, you throw anything else, right? If the pitcher, if the hitter is thinking fastball, throw literally anything else. Keep it that simple. And what I would do with, with if, if I had a pitcher, I would start in the bullpen. We would start um, looking at their pitches, right, on that day. And 
we'd have a little ranking like you know what's the pitch you know you feel most confident in? they say fastball great what's the next pitch you feel most confident in? curveball breakable whatever and then we'd have that order and i want him to fall to the, the, the off speed or breaking pitch that he has the most confidence in that day and he has the most command of that day because if the hitter is thinking fastball we've got that advantage you can throw it over the plate throw your breaking pitch throw your change up over the plate right we can still we can still be in the strike zone so we so we don't quote unquote fall behind but we're making a pitch to get a hitter out especially in a situation where we know at least the majority of the time what the hitter is thinking so now this comes down to another question that um, I often ask pitchers or, or people will tell me things when they're describing their kid or a pitcher's describing himself. People are like, well, I've got command over four pitches. And I'll say, really? You've got command over four pitches? I'll say, okay. What do you throw 3-1 most of the time? Fastball. Uh, what do you throw 2-0? Mostly fastball. Right? And I'm looking for what do you throw most of the time? Right? So some, guy, so some pitchers go, well, I throw a changeup. Every time 2-0? What do you throw most of the time? If I were to pull up the last 100 2-0 counts, what are you throwing the majority of the time? And then when you start looking at it like that, then you'll see guys say, oh, I throw a fastball. I throw a majority fastball, right? Even if other, at times they've thrown other pitches. Now, the different, now, because again, if, if you did have command over those pitches, in those counts, 1-0, 2-0, especially after a miss, you would have a huge strategic advantage. Why would you not use it if you had command over those pitches? Because essentially what pitchers sometimes think is because they've thrown a pitch well a few times that they have the pitch. So unless it is at the level of your fastball, then you don't have command over it. Now that's not to say like that it still can't be, a, you can't throw a pitch that you don't have command over. Because on a given day, you could have control over a pitch that's just going well for you. Now, here's something that I think is important for especially dads to kind of realize, because I'll say this to dads, like, no, I've seen him throw this pitch. He's got command over it. That's like, no, control is different than command. So control is something that might come day to day. You have control over your curveball this day, control over your um, changeup or off-speed pitch. Um, sometimes guys don't even have command over their fastball. They just have control over it because some days they have it, some days they don't. So command is being able to show up with it the vast majority of the time. So we're looking at seven to eight times, seven to eight out of 10 in a game, you've got command over it, eight to nine out of times in a bullpen that you, you could throw this pitch effectively. That is command over that pitch, right? So <clears throat> what creates a distortion sometimes is a kid will have a good outing or he'll have a good bullpen. And you might look at it and say, well, wow, he had that pitch. He really threw it. Well, he commanded it that day. Well, if he can't do that consistently, they didn't command it, he's got control over it. And so that can create a little bit of a distortion sometimes about command. And so what I ask dads to do is zoom out, zoom out. Think about the last hundred times he threw that pitch in the game. Did, was he able to really get that six, seven times out of 10 in a game, right? Well, think about the last hundred he threw in bullpens. Was he able to get that eight or nine times out of 10? So the last hundred, breaking pitches that he threw in, in bullpens, did he nail 80% of those? The last, you know, breaking balls he threw in games, did he land 70% of those? And so sometimes we're talking about pitches and we're judging those pitches and kind of giving almost like a false sense of, I don't even want to say it's confidence because if we had confidence, we'd use it. 
But it's almost like this false sense of preparation in that we have command over pitches. And so if you had command over pitches, you would use those pitches as freely as you would use your fastball, especially in the situations that gave you a strategic advantage where you knew what the hitter was thinking because of how most pitchers approach the hitters in those counts and what pitches they throw in those counts. So this is a, a podcast that would say, I want you to look real closely at the command of your pitches and then see, even if you just improve the command of one pitch, right? I always ask kids like focus on, focus on getting one pitch. If you had command over two pitches, like really command over two pitches, you could wreak havoc on a team because most, most pitchers just don't. They usually have maybe command over one. And then some, the other stuff is, is just kind of situational about like what shows up on that day. So um, the takeaways would be in situations where you know what the hitter is thinking, go down, throw something else, go to your next confident pitch and really focus in on developing absolute total command of a pitch, a second pitch, not control, not it's kind of good, like total command so that you, it could be interchangeable with your fastball, right? Interchangeable with your fastball that you could throw it for strikes, you could throw it for an out pitch, you could locate it, etc. All right, guys, see you on the next episode.